Hi guys, this is David Negrin, host of the Script Podcast and executive director of the NYC Screenwriters Collective. I'm excited to announce that we've created a Patreon campaign for the script. Patreon is like a Kickstarter, but it allows you to give ongoing pledges every month and receive ongoing rewards. Of course, the Script Podcast will continue to be free, but we're just asking for a little help. So please, check out all our rewards, join our inner circle. Become a patron of The Script Podcast at patreon.com slash the script. Doctor Strange, you think you know how the world works? This doesn't make any sense. Jane, whatever I do, I do it to protect you. So you understand? I understand. You want to get out of here? Our rebellion is all that remains to push back the Empire. I think he might be able to help us. When was the last time you were in contact with your father? What is this? It appears he is critical to the development of a super weapon. If my father built this thing, we need to find him. All right. How many do I need? They are requesting a call sign. It's, um, Rogue. Rogue One. that we are dealing with here is immeasurable. If the Empire has this kind of power, what chance do we have? We have hope. Rebellions are built on hope. Hold of this moment. The force is strong. Make ten men feel like a hundred. We'll take the next chance. And the next. You're rebels, aren't you? Save the rebellion! Save the dream! <laughs> this is the script podcast for screenwriters by screenwriters, the deepest story analysis anywhere on the internet. We're doing Rogue One. Um, I'm your host, David Negrin, here with me today, as always, Alec Pollock, um, to analyze the latest in the Star Wars trilogy. Indeed, very We just got out. We went to... Um, Alamo Draft House in the, Brooklyn. The, the new one on DeKalb. Uh, beautiful spot to see this film. Um, had a lot of I had a lot of anticipation. I had a lot of expectations. As did we all. As did uh, I think everyone. A few people on the internet. Uh, we're gonna talk about the movies. So if you're in your audience and you haven't seen Rogue One, you might want to leave now. Um, Alec, Sir. did you like the movie? I did like the movie. <laughs> I did like the movie. All right. I think it was a really good time. I think uh, it was just it was it was it was great to be back. 
Yeah. Well, you know, it's only been a year since The Force Awakens. But I think this movie, even more so, felt like you were really returning to the story universe that we all knew and loved. Absolutely. In a way that The Force yeah. Awakened continues the story uh, and continues it on, but there has been a passage of 30 years, and they acknowledge that. This is right, right, right back there. Right. This back was the, the best homage to the original mm. trilogy so far. I will say that. I mean, sure. it, 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 it puts the prequels to shame in terms of how, how do you, how do you um, uh, thread together an, uh, a new narrative in an old universe? Incredibly well done here. Not just because it threaded this new narrative into the old one, but it also threaded it into the prequels. Absolutely. As well. Absolutely. And again, that's something that we've talked about a lot in terms of, especially with transmedia properties. Yeah. World building, extending worlds, making sure you take that DNA of a world as you're building it and extend it in ways that are going to feel comfortable, exciting, and new, but familiar at the same time. And not just retell the same story yeah. again and again, or retell a story that was adapted from a comic book or from a, from a, 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 a digital novella. Um, in that sense, I think Rogue One... Um, was I think there were there was a, a a very strict order here to create a self-contained movie. Sure. Very okay. Because um, while it did an amazing job of telling a story, and we'll get into that, mm -hmm. it did not expand the Star Wars universe right. very much. It expanded it for these characters for this story, but um, it didn't kick off any questions, narratives, characters. For the future. Absolutely. And before we do get too technical with this, yes. did you enjoy the movie? I really liked it, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was so solid. Really solid. I think it was in certain ways more solid than um, The Force Awakens. Really? Yeah, I think it actually, uh, narratively, it moved quicker. It was, it, it made more sense. It was, uh, uh, it left a lot more um, on the table for the audience. It didn't explain everything to us. Mm -hmm. I think that's why some of the reviews are saying it's a little bit more of an adult movie. It trusted the audience more in the in the storytelling, whereas *The Force Awakens* meant meant to be really broad, had to had to deliver things a little bit more on the nose. Um, but part of that is in keeping with the way you, one tells a fantasy story, uh, an epic, legendary fantasy story, which this didn't have a lot of those elements necessarily. It was more of a war picture. A war picture. Is that how you felt? I, I felt like a heist movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. It felt, it did, no, you're right. With the finale, it did have like a, some on the beach, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, having a having a big battle on a beach is iconic, you know. It takes us back to World War II. Absolutely. Takes us back, so it, that does help us think about the war film. Yeah, and th look, war films definitely influenced the original Star Wars and all of the, the films, right down to a lot of the shots from the original uh, dogfights in Star yeah. Wars in Empire and Jedi. Hey, look, a, f a, a, a dogfight with an, a narrative. It's been a long time, okay? I mean, they, those were completely missing from the prequels. Yeah. They, and uh, the, the Force Awakens one was a little weak. We know that the, the Poe Dameron uh, dogfight was, you know, kind of just like, oh, they're shooting stuff. We were back to, you know, following the Rogue Squadron. Absolutely. The Rogue Absolutely. and the Rogue Squadron was back in more ways than one. Absolutely. And that was epic. That that Act 3 battle sequence was absolutely epic yeah. and really really inspiring and exciting. Yeah. Um let's geek out, man. What were your favorite <laughs> moments? What was your favorite like uh, uh, Easter egg, your favorite your favorite homage, your favorite cameo? Well, again, I I think 
you know, huge spoiler alert. So if, yeah. uh, <laughs> if you haven't tuned out yet, you better. Uh, because yeah, we're digging into As we're digging usual. into it and digging into Vader because again, for me, Vader, just coming into Darth it, Vader. I was like, not enough. We're getting some cheers. Yeah, I just like that was just so amazing. Even his his last sequence of of fighting his way through was just amazing and uh, just great to see. And uh, again, I had that little moment of recognition yes. that we talked about of uh, seeing Vader's castle, which I, again I believe was from the uh, Rafa McQuire's original sketches and and uh, concept designs. Uh, I've definitely seen illustrations of it in the yeah. past, and actually seeing it on screen and for, seeing the visit for the Force there. Awakens, they went back to a lot of McQuarrie's artwork, yeah. right? Yeah. To to include it, yeah. Yeah. Um, you, I didn't know that. I thought it looked to me like the uh, uh, Sauron's castle. You know, <laughs> you thought they were uh, world jumping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was, yeah, I thought the eagles were gonna come and save them. Um, no, but that was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and um, you, you, you have the the scene where where uh, with somebody. You know, Black Hood kneeling before uh, uh, the the chamber. Right, and you we, thought it might be Vader. It could be Vader kneeling before the Emperor, but it hard, especially because we have the the uh, the uh, Royal Guard in mm -hmm. red yeah. on the side. Yeah. Um, and then we, you know, they flip it, and it's uh, it's one of Vader's. I don't know. It's like Igor. It's Igor, yeah. So I was just <laughs> like, yeah, he's the Igor of the castle, right? That's that's what maybe that's like. you said it. You said it. Maybe that's the one character they're spinning off <laughs> is Igor from the Vader castle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're gonna do like Beauty I'm and the Beast. Always clean it up, you yeah, know, they, after <laughs> this guy. Yeah. So um, next, they're gonna digitally recreate Marty. Uh, 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 Marty Feldman? That, yeah, yeah, from, <laughs> yeah, from sure. Igor, yeah. Oh, we'll get to the yeah, digital recreation. Yeah, digital recreation. Amazing. Um, but then uh, Vader's in the, he's in the water chamber, mm -hmm. right? Back to tank. Right, yeah, which is back to, you know, uh, Empire mm -hmm. and, and Luke, you know, floating in, yeah. in his, in his, in his, uh, his healing yeah. tank, right? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. I, and again, I, I mean, that was really just the moment that that really captured my heart. No. The last moment of Vader on the uh, uh, killing it, right as, as the it. as the the Tantive Four is taking off and he's watching it go. That's the connecting point. That was just so incredible and exciting. I wish there was more of that with the characters that were the main characters of this Va film, though. This Vader, you know, fighting in his style, which is like a very very um, uh, uh, so, sort of low. Not not high kinetic, but like low sort of energy, destroying everything in his path, using the force, choking people, lightsaber, destroying, and then we we realize that he's about to he's about to uh, uh, get on the ship where, where Princess Leia yeah. and and uh, and I guess three PO and R two are there, there yeah. also. We just saw them for a moment. Yeah. So they stitched it up. Do you think they stitched it right to? Uh, a New Hope? It seems like it. I, I was doing some reading where it said that um, Tatooine, where we know the battle uh, uh, takes place right above Tatooine mm -hmm. at the beginning of Star, uh, the original Star Wars A New Hope, it, it's right nearby Scarif, the planet where Scarif they're, they're, the, they're on. The fight, yeah. So it, it must be moments moments later they're that, both that the beachy. movie continues. They, they got more water. Beachy, it's a little more tropical on Scarif. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. they decided to put the uh uh you know like the data center for the empire at, in the bahamas uh, yeah i guess but like, you that's know, what i would do I, and i guess i was gonna say if you've got to have a place to to work you might as well uh, work yeah. in comfort yeah, yeah. yeah no one will think that all of our secret data no, is like no. at you know the atlantis <laughs> hotel and casino with a force shield of course oh yeah beautifully done yeah so lots of echoes of uh, of uh return of the jedi i just i felt this whole movie was a, a jedi um echo 
echo. Yeah, like I think the Force Awakens was an echo of 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 uh, a New yeah. Hope. Yeah, I I thought this movie was the most like Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we, it had it has. It has the idea because in Jedi you've got the heist going on mm-hmm. on Endor yep. at the same time as you've got the battle in the sky. Yep. Plus we've got the Mon Calamari ships fighting yep. and the stolen ship, the, the, right? The stolen uh, Imperial ship, stolen Imperial ship, right? So a, a lot of echoes of Jedi. Um, before we move, move over it though, you talking about the the uh, the planetary shield, the special effects, some of the set pieces in this were unbelievable yeah, absolutely absolutely okay. you, you really got the scale uh, of war that was that was something war. that is was i don't know that the force awakens even captured as much mm-hmm. you know this was about these grand epic you know sweeping visuals and that fin- you know like you're wondering how they're going to get rid of the shield and then they crash two star destroyers into yeah. it in that incredible yeah gorgeous collision. yeah Unbelievable! Yeah, just one ship cutting the other in, in half. half. Ah, we haven't beautiful. seen anything like that in this universe. No. So. You know, they, they made a big deal that there was no crawl at the beginning. Yeah, well, I I, I was going to note that yeah. for the yeah. podcast. I was going to say uh, no crawl. I'm a little disappointed. Well, what I was going to say is it, it really, it, it's almost like we went into the crawl of A New Hope because right at the beginning, it is a period of civil war. It's wow. like now we're going to just take that and explode yeah. it because you really see what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when you go back and watch the original Star Wars, what do they send, like, five TIE fighters after the the, the rebel fleet at one point? Yeah, like, yeah, really? not so That's many. All you got? But this was Right, and then epic. They, they unleashed the, the, the hive Swarms of TIE fighters. of them, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, that final scene was amazing. Um, what about uh, what about Tarkin? Tarkin was wow. great to see. Wow! I thought that they did a really, really great job of bringing him back. We had a lot of head nods. So yeah, I mean, in 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 um, wait, wait, we, we did have Tarkin at the end in Revenge of the Sith. Yes, yes, right? you did like have him a step young, on. You had a young tar- actor mm-hmm. who looked a little like Tarkin in a younger look. He yep. step onto the bridge yep. of of. Uh, a Star Destroyer next yeah. to Vader. Watching the Death Star being just being initially built. created. Right. Yes. Um, but in Rogue One, Tarkin was back. It was Peter Cushing right there. Peter yeah. Cushing was back. How did they do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, before we got, we, we just Googled a little before we got here because yeah. we wanted to stay spoiler free. But we know that it was an actor and a CG combination. Mm-hmm. They picked an actor who had similar bone structure-ish face, mm-hmm. um, and they did a bunch of CG around Tarkin, and I, it was flawless. Yeah, yeah, flawless. Imagine. I couldn't tell. Yeah, yeah. Imagine the Snapchat filters. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, um, and this goes into story because we're you know one of our critiques we're going to get into um, is uh, I think you'll agree with me that Krennic was sort of a little underused. Our 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 Absolutely. villain. Uh, Orson Krennic, um, not so much a bad guy. Like he's sort of there. He, he ha- he's an antagonistic force, but he's neither the brains nor the brawn. No, and he was really reactive throughout this whole thing. He was yeah. kind of begging for things throughout. He was on the defensive. He kind of the only time he really took that decisive action is when he went to go uh, uh, execute all the scientists uh, uh, that. Uh, were the engineers that were working yeah. for Galen. Yeah, and that just seemed like 
that just seemed like a placeholder. Oh, let's line some people up and shoot them. It makes you a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, 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 you know, in, in The Force Awakens, Kylo Ren did kind of the same thing, right? If you ex execute you know, prisoners, it's like a kill the cat moment, right? Yeah, but they so. weren't even prisoners. Well, they kind of were working under duress. Yeah. They were their people, and I, I don't know. It, it, like I said, he just didn't feel like the imposing force that Tarkin did for yeah. Vader. And so what you said to me was, why Krennic? Yeah. Why not just go all Tarkin? Yeah. Why Why was this the character even necessary? Yeah. So from a screenwriting perspective, sometimes you have to ask yourself, if you have two characters that are presenting the same kind of conflict, the same kind of antagonism, antagonism, mm -hmm. um, you should, you know, in later drafts of the screenplay, you're supposed to combine them. Yeah. Right? And in this case, we wonder if uh, one of the big things was, was fear of whether Tarkin would actually uh, be pulled off as a believable yeah. uh, human being on the screen being... So CGI. Yeah, to me that that has to be it. They, I, I, they, we saw an article where, uh, oh, I didn't, I didn't do the artist yet. Gareth Edwards is our director. Yes. Um, uh, uh, he directed Monsters and the more successful Godzilla, Godzilla. film. Mm -hmm. uh, the writers were Chris White's, uh, who did the Golden Compass, uh, Tony Gilroy's the Born, Born movies, Michael Clayton, State of Play. Um, but so Gareth Edwards, I think, was was concerned that he might not pull off the Tarkin CG. Mm. But they totally did. Yeah. yeah. Partially because I don't know that everybody remembers what Peter Cushing looks like. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I know he's also an old guy when you have a little bit more... Uh, 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 Character? Just sort of um, wrinkles in your face, a little more imperfections. You get away with it more. Um, I thought uh, they pulled off uh, the Princess Leia That's CG just spoiler, as well. Yeah, yeah. Big spoiler. Yeah. Big spoiler. Leia there at the very end. Unbelievable. Just a really because I thought they were gonna do the thing where oh, we only see the back of her head kind of like thing because they've done that before. No, they pulled it off really yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautifully done. It's interesting. And again, the future of filmmaking. What does this mean now in terms of being able to continue legacy worlds that have been created? What does it mean for recasting? What does it mean for expanding franchises in, in yeah. new interesting ways? Does uh, Carrie Fisher have have a role in Star Wars 8 at all. Yeah. <laughs> Why not put in her CG yeah. <laughs> version yeah. of her, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I'd say, uh, I think that explains the Orson Krennic ch problem, right? Yeah. Because he really was, he, he, he could have just been a young Tarkin, mm. uh, you know, before he rose. Uh, and then he gets promoted. Yeah. Kind of. uh, look, this is also going to mean some interesting things for the next film, uh, the young Han Solo movie that's on deck. Um, where are they going to go with that? Who might we see again? What's going to be knit into that story? Right. That's got to be, you know, 15 to 20 years before yes. Rogue One. Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. But there may still be characters that we are familiar with. I'm sure they'll sneak some of them in. So I'm yeah. really excited to see who's going who's gonna to appear. Oh, that's going to be great. Donald yeah. Glover was wearing yeah. the... the uh, the Lando mustache at an <laughs> award show the other night. Did you see it? Uh, no, I didn't. He looks great. He looks great. Um, so, uh, story. Let's talk. Um, there's so. Anytime you get an inkling, like a reminder, a, re a memory of some awesome moment, just jump in. But yeah. let, let me just say, you know, from a screenwriting perspective, if you have, if you were in charge of writing Rogue One, mm -hmm. what, 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 what's your first instincts? What's the challenge here? I think the uh, the challenge is knowing that you've got a lot that exists already. Mm -hmm. You've got to operate within it while maintaining the feel of a Star Wars story, making yeah. sure you've got, like I said, that DNA of that story that, that carries through. 
And I think that's a big challenge, especially when not following the Skywalker clan, because that's your, your well, that, mythic but that, but that story. I think is the 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 what makes it easier. It makes it a it, there there are no main characters from the canon that you're following here. Yeah, is there any? I mean, Tarkin is the closest thing. Vader, of course, yeah. but he's barely in it. There's no one else that you have to whose storylines you have to line up with. Mm. All you need to know is that, you know. They get the plans to to Princess Leia by the end, right? Otherwise, have fun. Yeah. Um, so, from a screenwriting perspective, this is kind of like one of those one-off TV episodes. Mm. You know, where they do an episode on a character that's no longer in the place where uh, on the main set with, with it has only one main character, and they do that sometimes to save money. Um, so, in a way. And, 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 and I think they missed an opportunity here to kick off new characters. They killed everybody. Nobody's left yeah, after spoiler. Rogue One. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, Jin or so does not have a future. I unless, on, I don't know, I got to check Reddit and they, see if uh, there's any, uh, Star Wars, if, to see if there's any... Uh, Theories on that. Well, look, Does anyone they, in the audience have any theories? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, then they'd be in the next film. So hmm? I think that's why they killed them. They could well, retire. yes, I mean, I, of course, that's the problem. She had a sequel written into her contract. She did? Yes. So, so okay, so, 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 Jin Urso has to come back at some point. Maybe as a retro. A, a prequel? Yeah. Okay. Prequel, prequel. Prequel, prequel? But, I mean, they did not show them, like, die Dad, on no. the beach. <laughs> they had this great romantic, you know, they could get saved last minute by the Millennium Falcon. Or by Millennium the robot. Falcon the saving robot. people last minute. But by the robot, by K2. He got killed. Or did he? Or did he, right, right, robot, right. come on. K2, okay, okay, we have to take a moment. This was by far the funniest Star Wars movie. <laughs> because of K2. Because of K2. Yes. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. That was by that was incredibly well done. You were laughing out loud. I, I was. It's so funny. And it was dark humor. It wasn't like fluffy, like G-rated humor. Ar well, Alan Tedek, you know, from yeah. uh, from uh, Firefly. Firefly yeah. Right. He, he's a genius. And, you know, it said that he was improvising on the set all the time. Yeah. He got yeah. into the K2 character. But it had that sarcastic humor that was from the original Star Wars that Han Solo carried. Yes. And where, you know, Diego Luna's character had kind of the Han Solo swagger. He didn't necessarily have the He didn't the, have the, the humor. No. Yeah. But it was rebounded. Which is why the I'm droid. glad they didn't pursue like a romantic yeah. plot yeah. there. Yeah. They yeah. almost yeah. did for a minute. I was like, don't do it. Don't yeah. do yeah. it. <laughs> you and me both. I think we were all feeling that and uh you know, they may yeah. have shot that. Yeah. <laughs> they cut the that page. out. But I think it was so funny. And in that dark sense that um, the original trilogy had also all the sort of making fun of droids as a second class citizens and, um, uh, you know, like just just like an adult humor, an adult humor here. Yeah. And so yeah. I thought that was brilliantly done. And and I think to, in, in terms of screenwriting, today's blockbuster movies, to not have somebody do a pass on the comedy or to have a uh, 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 a, a brilliant comedian yeah. like Tedek, like on the on the, you know, on the. Uh, as in the comedic role is 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 a crime. Absolutely. And again, 3PO was a big 
uh, force of comedy in the original as well. Yeah. Uh, in that idea of he showcased human failings, human uh, weaknesses, in the same way I think that uh, K2 did. Uh, but we, al we, al we also had a little comedy um, uh, between our, our the blind guy yeah. <laughs> and, and his buddy, right? They yeah. were kind of like the R2 and the 3PO sort yeah. of of this movie, right? Uh, another uh, geeky moment in that, I don't know if you caught it, where they said they were the guardians of the wills. Did you catch that little, the wills. The little throwaway? No. The, the original title uh, of George Lucas's magnum opus that he had planned out was, and again, I'm not, uh, not going to quote it, the original, but it, it has to do with the Star Wars, something yes. of, I think something like Guardian of the Wills. Like that was part uh, of the original okay. title and, and part of what the Jedi were all supposed to be about. But I, to my knowledge, I don't think that they've mentioned it within any of the films to this point. Uh, I think it may be in some of the canon they expanded were, universe They shows. were, so they're, they're, those knights were guarding the Kyber the Kyber crystals. Mm -hmm. All right. So the, there is a prequel novel that uh, that I read that has some in information about the entire movie. It's called Catalyst. It's one of the the prequel novels. Mm -hmm. The entire movie is Orson and Galen. The entire book. Yeah. Of Catalyst. Excuse me. The book of Catalyst is about Orson and Galen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jin's not born until the end, but then um, it's mostly about uh, how Orson was this incredible. Excuse me, uh, Orson and Galen were friends at the academy, and uh, in what was called the the gifted sort of like uh, uh, you know mm -hmm. uh, school at of the empire. But Galen rose and become the scientist, and Orson goes into intelligence. Mm. Right, the white garb that he wears is the intelligence uh, quarter of of the of of the galactic uh, empire. empire yeah. So, did that add a little more reason for his being in this movie for you? Yeah, I mean, I had a bunch of information about Orson's character and being—he's kind of a badass in the book too. More he's, of a badass. Than well, the he's movie. very conniving. He's very smart. Mm -hmm. Like he's like tricking people into doing things and. Uh, almost a, a Admiral Thrawn kind of feel to him, you know. I would say, um, but the the book is about Galen being able to synthesize kyber crystals. He's a scientist who can make kyber crystals out of anything. The kyber crystals are what fuel every laser in the Star Wars universe. Oh, not just lightsabers. Yeah, uh, not just. Excuse me. It fuels the lightsabers and it fuels the the lasers on the Death, Death Star. Star. Right. Yes. Okay. Right. So the Death Star's lasers and the lightsabers are fueled by these special crystals. But you know, <laughs> that was that was that that was about it. And you can't rely on every member of the audience to read this background. Material. No, no, but that it didn't enrich Orson that much. Like it really didn't. I think I think they had the problem with with uh, we. We've established that it, Orson is a stand-in for yeah. for uh, Tarkin. Yeah. Um, anything? So, what was it? I'm trying to think. Of some of my favorite openings. I really like. So, I really liked the. There was all these like small homages to like the Force, right? To um, like you kept there weren't any Jedi, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, one of the things in the book is that is that. Um, Lyra, who's uh, Jin's mother, mm. is force sensitive. Mm -hmm. She's not. Uh, she's very. She believes in the force, and that's why she gives um, Jin. Uh, Jin a uh, uh, Kyber crystal mm -hmm. to wear, and she says to believe in the force. So the force is around, um, but there's no. 
uh, overt usage. Of overt it. usage of it. Yeah. Va besides Vader, right? Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, we had James Earl Jones of definitely did the voice, and. You're looking for any of the other uh, little uh, cameos? Yeah, I'm looking for the cameos. Uh, Donnie Yen's character, uh, right, was the blind, like, kind of uh, martial artist mm -hmm. guy. He was constantly talking about the Force, like, believing in the Force, almost as a religion. Yeah. But it also, it gave him power. Who's to, who's to say he wasn't, um, Channeling know, the Force. Channeling the Force. Yeah. At a certain point, he knew that Diego Luna's character was going to assassinate... Yeah. Um... Galen, yeah. right? He said he could see the dark, the darkness around him. There's a lot of that kind of subtle usage of it. Even Jin, when she's kind of like holding the crystal when they're waiting to see if their call sign uh, and their uh, passage, their false ID or their credentials are going to let them through, she's holding on to the, the necklace as it, it would give them luck. And it mm -hmm. does. And, and it all works through. So I think yeah. there's so an So the Force is it. present, which, which is great. It's a great way to do it without having any Jedi in your universe. Right. Which, you know, Jedi present a, an antagonism problem. If you, Jedi, you know, one of the problems with Jedi is that they're all powerful. They can do all kinds right. of things. One of the problems with the prequels is you don't believe, you know, Anakin or Obi-Wan could ever be heard at all. Right, right. Um, so, Bail Organa shores up, shows up. Jimmy all right? Smith, absolutely. Jimmy Smith. What does that mean for the story? Yeah, I, I mean, he... he you know, obviously has been around helping to orchestrate things. Um, there's the moment where... The Senate is still in power. Yeah. In fact, they might be, uh, you know, the Senate's in power and the rebellion is has a strong presence now. They're, 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 the, they're putting a political pressure on on the uh, the Republic and the Galactic Army at yeah. this point. Yeah, and again, the whole... This is before the Senate is dissolved... dissolved. But the, this movie seems to be the reason why it was dissolved. When that whole rebel fleet shows up above this planet and attacks, yeah, that is the excuse that no, the you make needs a good point. to say, "All right, enough." You know, that's like the f it's like a first, it's like an opening. You know, it's a declaration of war. Yeah, exactly. So you could say that the Senate uh, is dissolved, sort of in reaction to the the battle at uh, the, in the Bahamas. In the Bahamas, yes. Where is it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see who else. Mon Mothma looked great. Mon Mothma was great. Never looked better. Reprising her role from uh, 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 episode three. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, K two S O was hilarious. And the uh, the two uh, guys from the cantina that show up um, on Jeddah. Uh, the, oh my uh, God! I know the guy uh, uh, who has the death sentence on Twelve Sisters. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Great cameo. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. Great cameo. Again, very. And the walrus face guy. Yeah, exactly. Beautifully exactly. done. Had those Star Wars. They bump figures. into him. You know, exactly. We don't want any trouble. Exactly. He's, he's always looking for trouble. <laughs> um, the cargo pilot. Which cargo pilot? It was the one like when they came to like Empire State Service. It was the one that taught them how to navigate. No, I don't remember that guy. Riz Riz Ahmed's character? I don't remember exactly. It was the pilot. 
Yeah, the, uh, the pilot, uh, it, I mean, Riz Ahmed, who is uh, captured, I, we haven't mentioned him Bodhi, yet, but yeah, yeah uh, again, he had kind of a solid uh, role throughout, I thought, I thought he was good, I thought he was solid. Have you, have you seen The Night Of? Yeah, I watched people, The Night Of. That's where yeah. people have been talking about Yeah, he's him a brilliant as, actor, he's great in that yeah. HBO limited series. There's been a lot of talk about the multicultural cast as well, mm -hmm. how we really had a, a great group of, of actors from a lot of different backgrounds. Yeah, um, and it was so natural, It's it, it, it didn't make a... It wasn't, you weren't putting a finger on it, no. you know? Like, no. it was just, it's, it, that's part of the Star Wars universe, right? Absolutely. And it's, it's, you've got robots, you've got aliens, and you've got all kinds of people. On the rebel side. I on mean, the rebel side. I mean, it's something yes. that they, they just underscored here because there's a lot of white British men. Uh, right. In uniform on the Empire side. Right. Doing their imperial thing, yes. right? Um, I think that, uh, at a certain point, you know, speaking of Alan Tudyk, I w at a certain point, I felt a little bit like this crew. I felt a little bit of Joss Whedon in this, you know. They did a great job um, in terms of putting an ensemble together and giving everybody enough meat that you didn't feel like it was just uh, uh, a Felicity Jones movie, right? Definitely. I, I, I did question why she was the only woman on the team. Mm -hmm. though. It was a little odd. It just felt a little, a little off. I mean, in the Star Wars world, they seem to be pushing to have a, a, a lot more balance in it. Uh, well, she's Force the Awakens. lead, and, and you know, Force Awakens has a female lead now. It did. It did. So, yeah, it did. I mean, you got it's, it's about balance. I Absolutely. mean, I th we had some Rogue Squadron female yes, pilots, at least two. I know. A bomber and great. an X-Wing pilot. Yes, that was great. Well, you know, look, look, you know I'm always looking for uh, great female heroes for my little girl so yeah what about the blue wing yes the, she was there. the, the blue squadron yeah. what, what kind of ship is that does uh, anyone know what kind of wing that is it's not a, the y it's, wings i think with the yellow yeah the y wings are yellow x wings are our classics but we've got this new ship that apparently gets retired before before we get into things which is great because you know what that is something new that was, was one of the only new things of this universe is, this, is their ship and the stormtroopers Ah, the Death Troopers, like yeah. the black uh, Death Troopers. Yeah, and the Scar Scarf Troopers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, right, and they had like a tank trooper, and they had a rainforest trooper. Gotta sell great. the toys. Yeah, you gotta sell the toys. <laughs> um, let's talk structure. So, story, structure. So I was just going to ask. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, as we were talking about it, it seems like there's a lot of classic structure in here. Let's, act, let's talk backwards. Act three. <laughs> <laughs> really backward. Yeah. Uh, like, as a, it really felt to me that the whole uh, Battle of the Bahamas really was our <laughs> act three. I mean, you mentioned that, you know, it's a heist picture. Yeah, it's and a heist. We really literally had the storming the tower in the end, that yeah. classic finale. Did we have three plots going on or just two? We have the we have the uh, uh, the Mon Calamari leading the rebels, mm -hmm. right? Then we have um, Jin and Cashin are, are, are looking for for the actual data tape mm -hmm. um and then yeah then the third is uh everybody else sort of fighting off uh uh the stormtroopers yeah. the the garrison while uh Jin and, and cassian are, are trying to steal yeah. the tape yeah acting as a distraction being the storming the beaches uh, yeah. forces so you had kind of the air cover the infantry and the the intelligence it was a great surprise because you in there's a moment in this film where the rebels become a force of antagonism there's a moment where the rebel uh the rebels don't want to help yeah, right it's very rogue muddy. one absolutely goes rogue yeah definitely, right definitely because they don't they're not even they're not rogue because they're with the rebels no they're their own 
offshoot of the rebels. Yeah, and again, working backwards, that break into three really happens then when they take off on their own yep. right after the all is lost moment. Right. You've got that all is lost, all is lost moment, which just is underscored by all of the rebels and that rebel, uh, uh, the rebel, not the Senate, but the council. Yeah. Loses faith. They say the that's it. Break off. Faith. We got to go into hiding. Like we can't fight this. We can't stand up. All is lost. Basically, they all but say it. Right, because the the Forrest Whitaker character Saw Guerrera, he represents what would be sort of like an extremist wing mm-hmm. of the rebels, mm-hmm. right? Like a militant wing, mm-hmm. and which is why that they broke off with him. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Jin carries on that sort of. You know, uh, daring extremists or or uh, militant wing of of the rebellion. Yeah. And but the rebellion joins them in the end. They pull, you know, they realize a Millennium Falcon and they join the the fight. <laughs> they do. They do. You know, uh, we were saying that uh, we had uh, read or heard about uh, George Lucas actually approving of this movie, of yeah. the movie, and really enjoying it. Yeah. And I think part, partly the political machinations that were going on and the uh, the red tape and all of that. We know that the the prequel prequels uh, episodes one two a lot three, of were policy. littered with it <laughs> a lot right? of policy so there was a, a, a touch of that here but only as background in support of actually the warfare and the uh, yeah. the main uh, uh, story flow yeah i would say um so that puts our midpoint and we discussed this our midpoint being when jen uh, jen has has gotten to what is the name of planet Jetta. again Jeddah. mm-hmm uh, where she's from. Uh, well, where she probably was raised by Saw Gerrera. Right, she was, she was raised by Saw right, Gerrera. for about 10 years, yeah. Right, and she returns there mm-hmm. because her goal is what at this point? At that point, the goal, her goal... The break in the two goal is what? Uh, they're using her to get an audience with Saw Gerrera to find because out Saw about... Because Saw has has the pilot. Mm-hmm. That was sent by... Uh, Galen, Galen po- supposedly they don't believe it. Right. Maybe. Right. Um, they but they do know that there is an association between Jin and Saw, and that Saw will be a friendly face and actually let her in. That Jin will be a friendly face to, to Saw and let her in. And Jin just got escaped from jail. She just wants to f- be free. Be free. But she also wants to find out about her dad if it's true. Right. That's part there's, of there's the part fun of and games here. Right. Yeah. There's part of that in there that she wants to find out, but. As with any good midpoint, the story changes at that point. Yes. When she sees the message herself and realizes that the message is a message to her, in essence, yeah. suddenly the story changes for her, and her right. participation and her engagement level changes, which is, again, what we Total always want. Total throwback to, to Luke yeah. uh, in A New Hope, right? Yeah. Through, through, through a, a, uh, a hologram, she gets her, 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 her calling. Her calling, her mid-act two break is now... It's not just you know find Saw Gerrera. It's we've got to do, uh, uh, we've got to do, we've got a real mission here, yeah. right? The yeah. mission is uh, find yeah, find find the the data tapes on Scarif, yeah, on Scarif. Yep. You keep remembering the name of that place. I can't a lot to remember. remember. Scarif. Yeah. There's so and many. The names. Bahamas. We can right. Just, yeah. It's on the. Um, so yeah. So then so we're almost all the way through. Set up first act. What do we got? Uh, you, uh, this has been a critique that I've seen in a few uh, a few reviews saying that the the sc- 
the, the beginning was kind of scattershot just because you had to jump from world to world and collect all of the cast. Yeah, one of the things that we've never seen before in Star Wars is when they name the planet and tell you what it's supposed to be about, yeah. right? Again, though, much more of a war picture because you've got to, like, situate yourself in the world. Yeah, it, I'm in Istanbul. I'm in Paris. I'm in... Yeah, but that's like a spy thriller thing. That, yeah. You know, part of, the, part of the Star Wars universe is that you figure it out as you go, <laughs> right? You don't need to know that this is, like, the mining facility, right? Yeah. That this is, you know, and the, and the names of planets... I guess there were so many planets up front, they needed to... I can't even remember them. Yeah, yeah, just to give you a little housekeeping track. I mean, that's not a huge critique. No, 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 I didn't think but, so But either. following the, the lack of a crawl, I was like, we're... On, we're oh, there's a lot of text, textual issues here, you know? There's a lot of <laughs> inserts that I'm missing, or don't want. Um, but again, starting us off, that's our main setup. Finding all the players, setting them up uh, for uh, our real mission, which again, really takes off. A, a, a little, a little ham-handed sort of Orson kills the mom hmm. situation yeah. on the planet. He's kind of an asshole. Yeah. Um, we had our break into two. I think we were discussing during that first visit to the rebel base when she's first asked and given the choice, you can either help us or not. Basically, there's that little debate moment there mm -hmm. um, where um, I guess uh, Diego Luna's character, um, uh, Cassian Andor. Um, I guess he sort of acts as a mentor, but Saw is, of course, also the mentor that she's going to meet. Um, yeah. Ca Cassian is like a partner, you know? He he loses some of his edge once he... Although he is going... You know, he is there to assassinate Galen, mm. right? At a point, mm. and then he doesn't. So, but, yeah, he had a little bit of edge all the way through. I, I would say that you were... They did a good job of all of our secondary characters having meat. I don't I don't know that Jin had enough meat. Yeah. What I mean, was her what was her Well, look, this is what I was saying in terms of Did she of have me, a journey? Did she have any kind of character arc? Well, uh, the the main thing that I see in it was um, where and one of the reasons why I was saying that Diego Luna's character acted as a mentor character, you know, again, in a buddy movie often the the buddy can act as a mentor, right? Uh, Absolutely, often. a, a so dynamic character. One of the things where we, we have that is in the whole notion of rebellions are built on hope. Rebellions are built on hope. First. Okay. He says that first, where she doesn't want to believe it. And then in the end, she gives that speech where she talks about rebellions are built on hope. She gives the line again later. Okay, I see it During now. that all is lost moment, when everyone has lost hope, she's trying to inspire them with that, that same. So she goes from someone who doesn't want to be involved, doesn't want to be a believer, to a leader and someone who really is going to take charge. That's, that's a great arc for a character. She did not give off the hopeless vibe in the setup. She was kind of playing it, but didn't really believe it. She was in prison... We didn't, and she does try to escape when they when when they rescue her ish, but she doesn't go all the way towards. I don't want to be a part of this, you mm. know. You know, Han Solo left. Han Solo left. You know. I mean, Luke's Luke was Luke gave plenty of. Luke said, "I don't want to go want, with you." Yeah. You know, he there's op, there there yeah there's a much stronger refusal of the call, mm -hmm. which would make the arc towards hopeful stronger in the end if she really walked away she really did um let's see any other favorite moments i keep thinking of the princess leia i did not see that coming <laughs> i did not see that coming no it was great it was uh you know it was interesting to go also as the data evolved because yes. again you know part of the issue with this whole thing is like we you know have you know our little phones and we're transmitting 
plans back and forth to each other all the time uh -huh. and we don't require any kind of major heist it's just you know bluetooth or wi-fi yeah. or, or whatnot lte so they had to like kind of work their way around that because there was a transmission of the data but it was a huge data file they kept saying yeah, it had to get through the shield yeah so yeah. they had the big giant tape and then that was transferred that was cool it was like a big old hard drive right totally, it looked like totally, an old yeah. totally they had the big hard drive yeah. they were putting in which then was transferred to the giant usb stick yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was then what Leia puts into R2. Right. Yeah. The little, um, it was like a credit card yeah. size. Yeah. yeah. I love it. So it was it. nice to have that as like a little evolution, uh, seeing the data uh, yeah. flow through. Um, and uh, I, I, I just watched Star Wars last week, uh, yeah. and I'm going to watch it again just to see how it goes. What was through. the one, um, the discussion that's had on the Death Star? We talked about this that has like a lot more relevance thanks to Rogue One. Yeah, this is the, the conference room. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, it's the scene. scene where J Vader chokes the guy for the first time, so yeah. that's what you remember it for. But you remember, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Right? Exactly. That's the, that's the, yeah. That's right. the that's Vader the release him, yeah, and yeah. then you're like Tarkin's in charge. Well, right. Yeah. Right. Um, so, but before that, there's some in, there's some information. There's total chatter. They talk about how the rebels have kind of stepped it up. Yes, that the rebels are making an impact, mm -hmm. right, and that the Galactic Senate, right, might find them sympathetic right and that by the uh but and then in the same scene that's when tarkin comes in and tarkin says, walks in and says ah we've dissolved the senate yeah that shall <laughs> no longer be a problem right in 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 response to the rogue one attack right, right. right? and there's an empty seat in that scene which people keep saying oh. would have been krennic's seat I didn't see that. Okay. If he had survived, what had just happened? <laughs> I like it. Yeah, yeah. There is another guy in a white outfit in the scene, which yeah. is the intelligence bureau. So yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it all I like it all, the empty But uh, again, I, I still I, it's it's fun and all, but I, I still I, I really wish Tarkin would have would have just barely been in control here. Yeah, I mean, in a way he was, but. He, yeah, I mean it's a. Uh, I think I think what they've done with CG in this film was amazing. I think they spent enough. They spent a lot of you know with a big budget picture like this, it's always about how much money do you spend on uh, production itself, shooting on location or on sets, and then how much sure. do you spend on CG? Sure. And they spent good money on a shit ton of money on the CG in this film yep. and it, it paid off like they did it in great epic ways you know yeah and not um, necessarily in an episode one two or three yeah. way prequel. yeah right in the episode that in the prequels there's so much CG all the time mm -hmm. and it's too much it doesn't have an impact eventually you get numb to it and uh, you re you realize they didn't spend enough time on on the story itself Definitely. and production yeah um, I would say yeah, another. I was trying to think of the earlier. Oh, the 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 explosions. The Death Star itself. Every time the Death Star like does one of these focus blasts, like a nuclear annihilation. That the, the first one on uh, when they blow up Jetta. Jetta City. Yeah. Jetta City. It's like this. It's like a. Uh, 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 it's a, a tidal wave of rock. Right. It's like a rock. Like a tectonic tidal wave. Yeah. That was insane. Yeah. That was gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, and seeing it happen then again, which is you know what yeah. did in our heroes at the end. Uh, so we knew what was coming because it was what did in Sagarera uh, towards the beginning. Was, yeah, was, uh, and who an knew the Death that. Star had like a low setting? I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but do you uh, do you feel uh, just again we kind of hit all of those points? Do you feel that they they were hit? 
solidly do you feel like yeah it was a little um the structure is mm -hmm. solid it, it pulled you through the story it got a little bit um complicated with all of the uh with the three you've got the rebels mm. right the rebellion mm. right then you've got saw guerrera's crew which are like the extreme mm -hmm. and then you have the knights of uh the wills the, the, wills, the wills as yeah. well and they all had different sort of goals who Jin was able to unify them into one, but you're like, oh, where are all these all these people coming together? They all have different goals. Also, um, uh, the rebels send in uh, Diego Luna, and he has a, a secret uh, goal himself. So he got a little bit um, muddy and complicated. Yeah, but we're following Jin. And she pulls us through, so that was fine. Yeah, yeah. And again, I kept thinking, um, again, as I as I was, you can't, you know, would my would my daughter be able to follow through with this? And she's she's five and a half, but yeah. she knows the movies, she knows the stories, but she knows them much more from this kind of like epic fantasy sort of of way, where you can carry uh, each scene has this very very uh, distinctive feel to it and look. And again, this was a lot muddier and a lot more complicated. Again, that's where I keep going back to it's, yeah. it's more like this espionage war movie. Yeah. Um, so many locations, right? They're, did they distinguish themselves enough? The, did the locations, were they distinct enough? Right? We, we start off, let's, let's do the locations from beginning to end, right? We start off on, it's raining on a moisture farm. Is it raining? No, it's just windy on the moisture farm, and Orson kills uh, Jin's mom, mm -hmm. and so we don't even know what planet that is. Mm -hmm. But you had this opportunity where the set was used where it was a rocky terrain, and there were caves and things going on, so she doesn't hid that, in one of the doesn't, caves. Doesn't that have to be where Saw Gerrera is? Because remember, Saw finds, young Saw young finds, Saw her, finds her, her hiding in the cave. Yeah, so, so he, he gets there. We don't so really know how much, how much time has passed, but he gets there eventually. Um, Doesn't that have to be the same planet that Saw's from? Not necessarily. People move so quickly in this universe. Oh, I, you know? I, I don't know. Well, okay. So then, and then we get to uh, she's in prison. You know, Saw Guerrero had made an appearance before. I did not know that. Um, Saw Guerrero is a character on the Rebels TV series. Ah, okay. A younger version of Saw Guerrero. Okay, and what's his role? I don't know. I, I haven't I haven't watched the okay. entire series, but I do know that he is he's a, a rebel extremist, and so a lot of things that they allude to are played out in the Rebels TV series. So Interesting. One to watch. Check it out if you want more Saw Yeah, Guerrero. the Rebels is supposed to be very good. And I good. think it's one of the first instances where they're taking one of the animated series cartoon characters and bring them onto the screen. Yeah. So pretty cool, and maybe uh, there's hope for some of the other fan-favorite characters that are on, only uh, on the cartoons. You mentioned Thawne before. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. everyone keeps talking about Thrawn's coming back. I know, I know. Um, so you're going through the locations. And again, what I'm thinking of in this is, are they utilizing that location effectively to create a really interesting set piece to for the film? To expand the universe and to expand the narrative of the story. Right. What, what I kept seeing is there was a lot of battle sequences with X-Wings and, and bombs and guns that happened at each of those locations, but were they actually making good use of the location itself? Where was Galen when they go to find him? Uh, in the, the rainy, rocky planet? Rainy, rocky planet, Which is yeah. evidently a, an homage to uh, the alien planet from Alien. Uh, really? Aliens, Why so. do people think that? Uh, I just think, it, uh, from what I've, I've read, it has a lot of the similar qualities with the rain, with the, the rocky terrain and whatnot, and it's, it's kind of got that. Bunch of scientists screwing, screwing around. around. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally, totally. Well. Um, but uh, again, 
it's a, it's a great place for a crash landing. If you're going to crash land, that's where you're going to that's where you're going to crash land. So yeah. so that works. The kind of uh, seediness of it, the uh, the the uh, skull skull dodgery, is that the right word? Where where um, there's uh, things happening that uh, you want to kind of keep hidden. So I mean that works for that planet. But does Galen have to die? That I mean he dies kind of simply, kind of straightforward. He does. he does by a bomb blast exactly. Yeah, but even... from the rebels. Yes. Which is why, at a certain point, I was thinking Jin could turn, uh, she could turn, like, Empire. She could go bad guy. And they intimate that in kind of the trailers. They, yeah, they, they do, right? Yeah. There was, like, a sense of that, that Jin could, because she's not loyal to the rebels. So you think. And yeah. her dad is killed by a rebel bomb strike. Right. 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 And G- Galen, we find out that um, he was going to be assassinated by Diego Luna. Yeah. No, exactly, exactly, exactly. So what are the other uh, locations? Jeddah itself. Do you think Jeddah itself was used adequately enough? I mean, it's another dead planet. The temples. Yeah, but it has the temples. That's the one, that's the planet that had the the large Jedi on it, right? Yes. The Jedi um, uh, uh, rock, the the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, the Obi-Wan-looking rock formation. Yeah, Yeah, so that was interesting. I would have loved to spend more time there and learn a little bit more about the... Uh, history of the Jedi there. That could have been a good place. Wait, it's called Jeddah? Jeddah. And so they're Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> like like Jedi, Jeddah? Like of Jeddah, it, maybe. I don't know, yeah. Is it spelled the same way? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think so. Wow, wow. Yeah. Okay, I just got that. Uh, I, I don't know. I think that there was a huge opportunity that they could have dug in a little bit more in terms of the kyber crystals. Like you said, maybe Especially if the Jedi are based there, yeah. right? Because now that's maybe that's why you got Jedi... Statues and all the kyber crystals yeah. and I, and the temp the original temple. Yeah, I thought they would have dug in a little bit more, but they didn't. Any chance that could be where Luke is hanging out? Right now, now he's on a water world. So unless that that planet got completely terraformed, mm. but anything's possible. But because he, the last temple, right? That's where Luke's supposed first to be. First temple, yeah. First temple, yeah. Not the, okay. We shall see next we year. Could, it, <laughs> I don't know. A year from now, we will Maybe be discussing. Maybe Jedi this. has like. Uh, 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 wet side to wet, it. Uh, yeah, the, the, the wet side <laughs> of Jeddah. That is the episode two title. Hashtag yeah. the wet side of Jeddah. Uh, right. Okay. Um, what are the other locations? Uh, the Bahamas, Sca- yep. Scarif itself. Scarif. Um, yeah. I think we talked about the fact that location-wise, um, it was a good use echoing that notion of a war film, storming the beach. Yeah. And also you did say it's near Tatooine, so mm-hmm. they, they, it could be a, a, a sand-based sort of rainforest-based. I wonder where Endor is in all this. <laughs> no, it's on a moon. It's a moon, so we don't know. You can't even keep track. Um, but then also the the uh, w- Vader's Vader's planet. Where is he? Yeah. Where's his know. castle? I, I don't know. It's another lava world, much like the world where he was. Right. Right. Cut to Geonosis. pieces. Geonosis. Yeah. 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 Um, well, that was Mustafar, wasn't it? Oh, Mustafar. I thought it was Geonosis. We can look that up. Well. Either way, look in the comments. Either way, why would he choose to hang out near the lava I, I after what happened to him? I know there's some, you know, he needs a therapist. Yeah, obviously, clearly, he's got issues. How did you feel about the Vader dialogue? Vader got dialogue in this. It, it, it was it was great. It was um, like I said, it, Krennic just didn't seem like any kind of a threat. So having him actually like yeah. have his big conversation with Krennic. Vader felt like, why are you wasting my time? Basically, and right. That sort of reinforces like Krennic, you know. <laughs> Is not a big antagonist. You're yeah. not doing a very good job. How much cooler would it have been to have a Vader Tarkin scene? You know, a Vader real scene versus of, Tarkin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Them really having some conflict. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we see that and we see echoes of it. 
in A New Hope, but it really would have been great to see some action. If it was Vader and, and uh, a Tarkin who's failing the mission, right? And Vader's like, let me handle it. And he's like, no, I'll handle it. He's like, no, let me handle it. Yeah. And he chokes him a little. Yeah, something, something, something. Also, look, like I said, I loved Vader's scene where he actually is fighting off all of the, the rebel he troops. He just mows him down, He's yeah. He's badass, absolutely. Yeah. Kind of also would have liked him like to try to pull back the starship, you know, because there, you know, there's nothing That like would have been so cool. Force, right? like, yeah, try to pull it, yeah. Have yeah. you watched, um, and again, I'm, I'm forgetting the name of this uh, the series, this uh, video series, podcast series, um, but we can put it in the in the comments. Um, but it's a, it's a versus type thing where they actually create these uh, uh, films of characters that should have nothing to do with each other. Yeah, yeah. So watch the one that's Darth Vader versus Batman. Okay. It's brilliant. It's yeah. brilliant, and it's it's uh, Batman actually infiltrates, I think it's the Death Star or, or one of uh, Vader's uh -huh. ships. And Vader is a badass in terms of the way that he uses the Force, like in ways that you've never seen on screen. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I put some money on Batman. Batman's good. You know, he's like a, he's, he's he can do a heist. With Check the it out. Yeah. Check it out. It's interesting. Um, so what else should we do? Should we, uh, should we talk? Well, so there isn't really any impact on the Star Wars universe from Rogue One. No, it's everything we expected. No, I'm saying there's like no extra narratives unless Jin lives. Right? There isn't. I thought we might have seen seeds of uh, Captain Phasma or somebody. See, or I something. thought Jin could become Captain something Phasma. Something like that, right? Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I really thought that there was going to be some kind of seeds of uh, of things that were still to come, but there was really nothing except go see the original movies now again, so you can see how this kind of trails through it. It, it had a great feel of the original movies. We yes. did feel like we were back there. We did feel like we were back there. Is it, maybe we should ask the audience if anybody here tonight has anything they want to talk about or questions, questions or anything from the Star Wars Rogue One. Not to put anybody on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I'd like to talk when you guys talk a little bit about the. We were talking about the Jennifer Harrison's character arc. When I watched it, I felt like she was in a little ambivalent about what she was supposed to do. And like right in the beginning, remember when she saved the little kid? And then it was like, oh, the save the cat moment. Yeah. Yeah, and it was later on, wasn't it? In it was in Jeddah City. Yeah. yeah, it was a little bit later on. Yeah, but then I felt like she was somehow ambivalent and subtle about her leadership and her mission, and I thought it got sharpened when she knew that she needed to go and find out what was going on with her father. But I still, but she didn't come on like, okay, I'm the leader, everybody follow me. She was very subtle about it, and then when they told her to. To take charge. Okay, that's an interesting comment. So uh, that that just to repeat it, Jin Erso is a different kind of leadership. Being a, a female leader, she didn't hit everyone over the head saying, "I I'm I, I I need to be in charge. I need to get everybody together and go do this my you know my way or the highway." She decided to. Yeah. 
Leia is a little bit more like that, right? Um, then, but she in in her leadership, she slowly sort of manipulates, gets the things she wants, and then go does it herself. When they tell her she can't, she's like, "That's you can tell me I can't. I'm gonna go start a rogue squadron." Right. Well, and even before that, I think the first hint of that is actually when. Um, she realizes that um, uh, Diego Luna's character's got his gun on sniper mode, and she's just like, all right, I'm going out there and do it, you know, taking things into my own hands. And she steps it up, and she's not just a part of this, this crowd anymore. She's going to go out and see what she can do. And that's her first inkling of, of taking a step in that direction. And then, I think once she gets back and actually puts, gets the whole Rogue Squadron together, yep. then she really takes on the mantle of leadership. And, it's, and she really embraces it and, and runs with it in a way that I think Rey did not. And again, I love Rey as a character in The Force Awakens and as this female protagonist, but I, I think Rey really does kind of go along with it and she keeps resisting throughout the entire film until she finally grabs Yeah, Rey's journey is different, right? Very different. Rey is learning to believe in herself is a it's a more of a classic hero's journey yeah. right which is a uh from a male perspective right it's a the the male hero's journey is learning to believe in yourself learning that you uh the powers you have can change the world and that you're that you're either responsible to or entitled to go out and change the world and so ray is kind of refusing that call whereas jen Jin is um, surviving. She's a survivor. She's doing what sh she needs to do to, to survive and to get what she wants. And she's not trying to take over the world to do it. She's got more of the Han and, Solo in her. And, I, you know, I would have appreciated an, a nod at the end of this to her maybe, you know, betraying the, the crew or, or betraying the rebels or, or getting getting having her um, goals not so well aligned with the rebels, Just right? Just because so she would have her own... Yeah, she's doing her own thing, continues to be a rogue, right? Don't just like, you know, it's, you don't want to arc the rogue into uh, being a conformist. Yeah, but she found a cause and she found followers, mm -hmm. right? It wasn't even so much that she joined that cause; it was yeah. that the cause ended up joining. You're her. right. The rebellion did join her on her the on her siege, right? right? So yeah. She made a difference. That's true. Not necessarily by conforming, but by believing in her convictions. Yeah. Um. I can only report that Reddit seems to be arguing that um, they didn't like the movie because there's no Wilhelm scream in it. <laughs> But there's a few people claiming there is a Wilhelm screen. So that's that's what thanks that's what Reddit has to say right now. Anybody else? Yes. You know, I thought it was interesting you were talking about um, what was it? What Jed Jedda? Jedda. Yeah. Right. Uh, apparently the original screenplay that George Lucas was working on before Disney rewrote it had Luke out looking for um, Jedi uh, antiquities. And you saw just a little bit of that in uh, The Force Awakens with okay. the, the, this was Darth Vader's and this was that. So I do wonder if you might be onto something about the Jedi maybe showing up in one of the pre, uh, the um, sequels. Episode 8 or F, yeah. One of the, yeah. So. Right, so you make a good point. Um, uh, the comment is that uh, the original script for... For the, for seven for episode seven, seven yeah. yeah had that Lucas had influence on had Luke 
traveling the world for Jedi or the galaxy for Jedi antiquities. Which actually they did carry through in the in the comic book series Star Wars that has recently been mm-hmm. uh, written that takes place between Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back, and Luke does just that. He actually does look for antiquities and, and he finds them. He doesn't go to Jedi necessarily, but that still does. What's seem the to series? Be it's called Star Wars. Okay. Um, definitely worth reading. Really, yeah. really interesting. Really captures the flavor of all of this. Um, and it is canon, evidently, by you know by yeah. the new Disney the standards. The new canon. Um, but th- there, there definitely is something to that. And I think even just the fact that they're they're saying that Luke is on this world where there's the the first Jedi temple. The first and Jedi he's, temple. He's looking for for um, uh, healing or power from all of that. I think definitely we could see more of it. Yeah, and Jeddah. I mean, Jeddah is where you go if you're out of lightsaber crystals. Yeah, but also um, the idea that there's a there's knowledge there or, or ancient sort of like a, a Jedi holy scriptures or something. I guess that was all. Wasn't that on Coruscant before they blew it up? I mean, like the Jedi Temple on Coruscant was kind of like the library. But uh, 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 that's uh, maybe that's the new the Jedi new Temple. Yeah. Temple, the first Jedi Temple being. I think Somewhere. you could see Rey having to construct her own lightsaber, which is part of kind of the Jedi lore. That's something that, that they do. Um, and if she's giving Luke back his lightsaber, if she has to go create her own, maybe there's going to be a pilgrimage to get the crystal. The remains of Jeddah. Jeddah being destroyed, actually. I think the more we talk about it tonight, the more I think the destruction of Jeddah is important to the, the sequels, 8 and 9, yeah. coming and, forward. And look, they, again, from a transmedia kind of conversation they're loving playing around with this across different media yeah um the idea that they incorporated um well now i'm blanking on ray's planet where did they find ray uh in the force awakens um anyway her planet they they incorporate the battle that takes place there where the star destroyers landed that she kind of flies through flies the millennium falcon through in the star wars battlefront game you can actually play that battle so they, they they really are playing around with having all of these properties meld. So I would not be surprised at all if we start seeing yeah. some of But so one, one of the things about transmedia that done well is that it expands the universe, mm-hmm. right? You know, if you if you say, okay, let's take that battle that you know from this movie mm-hmm. and let's do a subplot within it, which is essentially what Rogue One is, right? It's a subplot within, you know, A New Hope, mm-hmm. right? It's the first... It's the it's the twenty minutes before a new hope, mm-hmm. right? That doesn't expand the transmedia universe. It's you ha- you 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 um, you're drilling down when you're not when you're not expanding, right? So there's I don't I don't know that that is is taking advantage of the story as much as they could be, right? Where are the new characters mm-hmm. and their and the new characters spinoffs, right? Where is um, you know. Uh, uh, the, the the story so so who, who are our new main characters in Star Wars Seven? We have Ray, Ray and Finn and Poe. Right. So you could have you know where where is the Poe's prequel, right? Or you know the Poe Chronicles or where is like Finn at the Academy, mm-hmm. right? If you're gonna expand, if you're gonna have main characters expanding their universe, that's yeah. like where transmedia is. Yeah. But instead of just doing. You have to the the companies have to have more um, courage to to say okay we know that this um, storyline will be accepted by the fans. Sure. 
But I think they are doing some of that, and I think you know, again, comics seem to be a big place that they're doing that with the Force right. Awakens. It's a low risk medium. Yeah, Poe's story does take place in the comics, where mm -hmm. they did a uh, a story that took place after uh, Return of the Jedi, and you learn that Poe's parents were actually rebels that fought in the Battle of uh, Endor. Okay. And no he, kidding, yeah, that makes and, that's and, great. And those characters continue on. You realize where Poe was brought up on a world that had to do with again stories that took place in that comic book universe so it did expand it and they they, they did carry yeah so i think you make a good point the comic books and then the animated series mm -hmm. are sort of these uh mediums that cost less to produce yep. right um because you don't have to hire actors and um that just the production costs are, yep. are minuscule yep. compared to television and film yep. and could we see donnie and uh, uh you know the, the blind monk and, mm -hmm. and his uh giant gun wielding buddy could we see them again in rebels for example, the yeah, TV series. Right. Why like, not? You could have an entire thing about their their uh, their the idea is that they were the protectors of this temple, yeah. but they've been kicked out. There's nothing to protect yeah. anymore because they mined all the kyber from it. Yeah. But again, if you think about these stories as only the start of, as you said, new characters and where they can go. Right. Yes, they were all killed off, but it's just their end. We still don't know. All of the story that led yeah, up to but it. so, but that's that's a, again, it's like going backwards allows you to control the universe. Prequels allow you to control things, right? Whereas expanding takes courage, right? If you're gonna do, you know, the few, I mean, the Han Solo, uh, young uh, Han Solo, yeah, Han Solo, young Han Solo movie, mm -hmm. right? It's all past, right? Does it? Does it? What, what, which of the movies could it possibly overlap with? Maybe Revenge of the Sith? Uh, or maybe. No, I don't know. I mean, it's... I, you know, I don't know. It's still in that going to be in that it's period. It's in that between. gap there. Yeah. yeah. So now we're filling it all in. I don't know. I, I think we, we've yet to see. I think that... I think transmedia can go backwards in time. I think it, it can... Well, I'm saying that it things. does, but it's, it's, it's safe when it does. It, it, it would be... It's more... Um, there's more world expansion to be done sideways and forward. Yeah, that's true, I guess. Anybody else have any comments, questions? I'm just so wondering when those, like, these movies pause, like, under, like, how many Star Wars you need to watch before to understand this or does it really Good question. I bet, you know, the question is, how many Star Wars do you need to watch <laughs> to enjoy Rogue One? <laughs> I mean, I would say to really fully enjoy it, seeing Star Wars A New Hope, first a new hope first yeah i mean yeah because a lot of that. the homage in it connects rogue one with a new hope yeah okay um you don't need to know you don't need to any, know anything from the prequels most people say you don't you certainly don't need the phantom menace no, no, that's no. <laughs> it's not even yeah. canon Can you anymore imagine if this was the first star wars movie someone <laughs> saw like it, it, you could no i mean you this do it no if rogue one was the first movie you saw it would it would be interesting. You'd be like, well, what's this rebellion? What is this empire? Who's this Darth Vader guy? You know, um, who's that girl at the end? Yeah. Right. Yeah. There, that you could watch Rogue One solo, and yeah. I think it would be fantastic. Yeah. It's certainly in the timeline. It does. Yeah. 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 So good stuff. All right, guys. I want to thank everybody. We. Um, we had, uh, we had, let's see, we had Alec today. We had, um, we've got, I'm 
let me just do the closeout. I want to thank <laughs> Chewy from Adorama, who's our tech guy. We want to thank Ad Adorama for hosting us. Um, uh, the script is produced by David Negrin uh, and edited by Zoe Alexander. Join our Facebook page by searching, for, for searching NYC Screenwriters Collective. Follow us on Twitter at ScriptFeed. Uh, support the Script Podcast at patreon.com slash the script. Uh, if you like the Script Podcast, please give us a five-star review at iTunes and subscribe to the Script YouTube channel. Thank you very much. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.